If it feels like the Chiefs just played the Broncos, you're right. But here we are. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome into a live episode of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC. I'm Ken Swanson. I'm here with Maddie Lane and a very confused Craig. You guys, I wanted to talk about the Dolphins. I don't want to. I'm starting drinking. Here. No. Yeah, no, it's not. Bron- it's not. It's not Dolphins week, Maddie or Craig. Oh. It's 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 Broncos week again somehow. I so badly want it to be Dolphins Week so that we can have something interesting to talk about, but no, I guess, I guess we can talk about the Broncos, Maddie. I, I mean, listen, we'll just, we'll just consider them, you know, the Land Dolphins, and um, then we'll go on from there. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> this is off to a great start. Craig is now frozen, so that's how you know how good it was. Oh, he's back. He's back. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, we're here. We're all doing great. We're doing a great job. Um, th- this show. Th- Kit is in another planet right now. We don't have a rundown. This is our one structured show a week, and there is absolutely no outline for Kim to go off of. There's no teleprompter. This like, two weeks in a row, Maddie, because we I didn't know. have a, a rundown last week. Oh my I don't even goodness. know how to spell rundown when Kent's not here. Lawless. So yeah, we're just out here. We're slinging from the hip, and I, Kent's going to get real nervous about minute six. Uh, no, but <laughs> No, I'm not actually. I'm I'm quite excited, honestly. Um, because like, all right, so here's kind of how we look at it. Game previews, you we just got done doing a Broncos game preview. If you want to hear our game preview for this game, go listen to last time what we did this with the Broncos. Like some things have changed, but really not a ton of things happen. It's not been very long since the last time these two teams played. So we want to kind of keep things a little bit more free-flowing today. Like we'll talk a little bit about the state of this team. We'll get into some of the Broncos stuff towards the end of the under the game. We want to talk about the state of the team. I actually, we might talk a little draft. We might talk just a, like, a little bit of of the future, just because I think it's good for us to you know get an opportunity to do this. And most of the time, we don't have a I don't know how to say this an open show, right? We don't get very many opportunities like this because it's either we're post mortem on a game or we are, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys started with the defense last week, so there's that. But uh, personnel, gratefully so. (laughs) We started talking about the James Madison Dukes, and then did you really did do that? (laughs) Well, one of us did that. I'll let you guess which one. They should be bowl eligible, is what they should be. Our Duke should be. The Warriors involved. They got they got eagle team going. We can do this again. We can talk James Madison again. They're ranked again. They're ready to rock. They have a clear path to undefeated. They get there. You get the lawyers involved. Get JMU to a bowl. All right. Well, we're going to move on because I've had enough of that. You're right. I have had enough of that. Um, you make it six minutes. Well, again, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. I want to ask this first question off the top because we're going to do a little bit of the state of the Chiefs today. I have a couple burning questions that I have for you guys and some thoughts on, on these things of my own. All right, trade deadline is less than a week away. Do we think that the Chiefs are going to make any move whatsoever on this roster before the trade deadline? What say you, Matthew Lane? 
Do I think they are going to make a move to this roster before the trade deadline? No, I don't. But I don't think it's going to be for a lack of trying. I actually do think they're going to go out there and see what's available. I think there's enough stuff out there that is probably going to be intriguing. It seems like the NFL, and maybe this is just the rumors, but like it seems like the NFL is slowly getting GMs and teams are getting a little bit looser on their ability to trade, on their like say like, oh, we're not good this year. Let's unload some worthwhile picks or players for picks. And it's no longer like we're just trying to get first and second round picks. Teams are willing to take a fifth or sixth round you know, draft pick for a player that might go help another team. So I do think that like there's a chance. I do think that the Chiefs are going out there. They're looking. They're seeing what's available. I do think it sounds like there's some rumors of some positions, wide receiver mostly, that still might be of interest to them. But I don't think that I believe that they will actually make something happen. I don't think push comes to shove. They are actually going to make a move. I just think that they are not turning their nose up at anything right now. I think they made the move. I think McCall Hardman was the move. Um, I know that 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 that's a little sour, and for for some to hear that, I don't know that I disagree with it fully. I I know that I just condone for this team adding McCall Hardman and what he does for the offense. It would be nice to have another guy that they can rely on as well. But I think that's the move. I think you know they decided they were going young. They were going to try and have more fresh faces on this team on both sides of the ball. I think making a move at this point when you are 6-1, and one, about to put the division away against the Denver Broncos, like it's hard to kind of look at this and say, okay, well, yeah, we, they definitely need to add a receiver. They definitely need to add to the end, interior defensive lineman. There's no spot that I look at the, with this team that I say, if they don't add somebody at this position, they're not going to be contending for an AFC championship and or a Super Bowl at the end of this year. And that even goes for wide receiver, which would be nice to see another quality body added there. But no, I don't think it's worth mortgaging your future for that. They've done a pretty good job of drafting wisely so far in recent history. Don't forecast your ability or sacrifice your ability to do that and help your team keep a lot of guys on, you know, new contracts. It gives you the flexibility to make, you know, over-the-top moves like signing Chris Jones to top dollar next offseason if you want to, if you've got picks that you can supplement the rest of your roster with cheaper contracts. Yeah, I think wide receiver is the only position I could potentially see them trying to make an investment in. So... I, like okay, like, like let's talk. Like we talk about defensive line. I think if the Chiefs were ready to make a move on the defensive line, I think Frank Clark would have signed with the Chiefs. I think they would have made a move to try to sign Frank Clark. Yeah. The like I think that's the move that they would have wound up doing, and, and they wouldn't have had to, you know, go invest assets to try to improve the defensive line group. So I I don't think that that's going to come on that side of the ball. You could argue maybe, you know, maybe you could argue a. Um, you know, you could argue wide receiver, right? Okay, well, McCole Hardman's already in the mix. I don't know if they're actually going to go out and grab, you know, somebody outside of him. So I I think they're done. I tend to agree that they're done. I just don't know where that move would be if they actually did it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that makes sense is wide receiver, and to both your points, they, they brought in a wide receiver already, and they already had... 
I don't want to say necessarily a good, but a deep wide receiver room. They already have a lot of guys that they wanted to keep on the roster. And like, while the whole point is we all are wanting them to add a player that slides at the top of that depth chart, you still have to have a space warm or something like that. It's like, that really seems like the only position would be wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is rumored to be maybe available to Tennessee Titans. They had their chance to go after him. And now maybe there was interest, right? Maybe there really was interest and he chose a bigger payday than what they could give him. But are they still interested now? Do they have the funds now if the Titans don't want to eat like in all of the money they would have to eat to make it work? Like it's, I just think there's a few too many logistics to go involved to just bring in a guy to finish out this season to push them over the edge. A hump. That's what it is. I think they aren't in a position to add a wide receiver to push them over, over the hump. Now, if they wanted to, if there was some kind of option for a long-term answer wide receiver that was available, and yes. then maybe, and maybe the value was worth it, such as, oh, I don't know, the Denver Broncos, sorry, the Land Dolphins played a different division <laughs> and they wanted to trade Jerry Judy to the Chiefs. It The rumors are it's like a late day two or early day three pick is like what an NFL, an NFL executives expect. Again, it, it's the Broncos to the Chiefs. That would very highly unlikely happen. But if there is another player similar to Judy in terms of talent that is available for that same price, I don't know. Then I maybe start to consider, I would start to consider they might try to make a move like that. And if you think about it, they, right or wrong, however you want to feel about the Kadarius-Tony situation, the Chiefs believe that they were making a long-term and short-term investment in their wide receiver room when they traded for Kadarius-Tony by surrendering a third and a six-round pick. So they did kind of make one of those short-term, long-term, as far as their plans were concerned, kind of moves last year. So I think that is a good point. I, I don't know Jahan Dotson's availability, but we've debated a Jahan Dotson on here before in the past. Like you might be giving up on Sky Moore a little bit if you are doing that though. So there is there is that. But maybe uh, he's involved in the trade though. Maybe maybe yeah, it's a white maybe you guys switching pos- teams. I don't know. I don't know. It, it's it's tough to look at that though. Like I like Jahan Dotson, don't get me wrong, but how significantly does he move the needle like that's that's the question do you give up a a bigger asset for a guy like that yeah he's on a rookie contract yeah there might be a guy you know like a Kadarius Tony that they see it's like hey man we just this deal is just too good to pass up like we can't we we loved the guy coming out didn't have a shot at him so yeah we're gonna go ahead and make this trade I'm looking on that same team like listen they Washington Commanders played the Eagles this weekend. If the Commanders get shelled, what do they want for Terry McLaurin? What do they want for a guy that actually moves the needle? That's the kind of move that I'm looking for here, or none at all. They got enough young bodies on the roster. They they really do. Let those guys play out a little bit longer, get to the offseason, see what you can put together at that point. I'm not cool. I'm not okay with throwing a whole bunch of assets. Again, Jahan Dotson is good, but it's got to be like lesser assets for me to be on board with that kind of move. I think that move's less likely. That seems more like an NBA move. Well, NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for throwing down $5 on the NBA. Win or lose, it doesn't matter. You'll start this season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. 
Basketball is more fun when you're in the on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort. 21 in age Older older age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Did you like that transition there? I did. I stepped all over it. I'm sorry. It was, a, it was actually a very quality one. Uh, I was impressed. And speaking of quality... Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Hey, everyone. This is BJ Kissel, and I want to tell you about our friends at Batchelder Family Farms and KC Buffalo Company. Located in Belton, Missouri, on the south end of Kansas City, this family-owned business has been taking care of Chiefs Kingdom's meat needs for nearly 100 years, even before Chiefs Kingdom. But it's where you want to get your meat going forward. Whether you're looking for the most flavorful steaks, beef, roasts, or even bison meat, they've got you covered. They've got all the cuts on their grass-fed, hormone-free bison and beef products. Check out Batchelder Family Farms. Support local. Support good meat. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Relish the best of autumn with fall flavors, our limited-time-only, hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry pecan chicken and apple Dijon pork chops, ready in just two minutes. They'll satisfy your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle. Looking for calorie-conscious options during the busy season? Try delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Head to factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right, so got through one burning question. I have another burning question for you guys. Well, and I promise you, we'll talk a little bit of Broncos. I I, I don't want to, we will get, there's there's some historic uh, benchmarks the Chiefs are close to achieving, but and we'll get into that. Here's my next burning question. As it stands today, the first round pick for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2024 is what position? And yes, I know it's unfair. And there's a lot of variables, yada, 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 yada. What position do you think that they're investing a first-round pick in, Matthew Lane? I mean, we spent all this past offseason talking about one position. We just spent time talking about which position they should trade for a second player for. In the middle of the year, it should be wide receiver. I, I mean, I, I what will it be? It's impossible to answer. Like you said, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that changes. But like it should be wide receiver. They gotta quit trying to find day two wide receivers that they can bring in as undeveloped guys or as very niche players and then try to develop them into more. Rasheed Rice is having a phenomenal rookie season and they are getting a lot more out of him than anyone anticipated. But even what they're getting out of him is still in a very narrow lane compared to the broad spectrum of the position of wide receiver. Does wide receivers do a lot more than what they are asking him to do? Doesn't mean he's not good. Doesn't mean he's not very, very good. I think we all really like what he's shown he's still kind of on the path of being a quality wide receiver too because the role is still, and the skill set looks a little bit limited in the grand scheme. So yeah, go get a real number one wide receiver so every year we don't have to sit here and say, oh man, I really wish the Chiefs could trade for, insert you know Terry McLaurin, insert whoever might be available. Can we just stop doing that? Like, let's just stop having that conversation and take the round one wide receiver that's actually good it seems like a pretty good year for the wide receiver draft class at the top. I think they should have the option to get somebody with some talent without having to trade away the whole draft. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think they do have that option. But I'm going to take the option of trading away the draft and going and getting Roma Dutte. <laughs> wide receiver out of Washington. No, I, I think wide receiver is the clear answer there. But alternative options here, if they decide that they're not going to roll with Wanye Morris, or if they don't decide to re-sign Donovan Smith, left tackle then obviously becomes the absolute biggest need on this team, even more so than wide receiver. Uh, The only other one that I could really look at is interior defensive line, and that would just be if they're going to move on from Chris Jones. Like I think that we'll have an idea of what this team feels like they need around March 15th. Like it, it's really going to feel that way, you know, what what the draft priority is going to be. And this just may be one of those years for the Chiefs. We're keeping the cards close to the vest, you know, trying to do some of the stuff. Oh, we're going to go into the draft without many, you know, without many needs or anything like that. They may just say, screw it. 
no, we, we're going to leave one open hole. We are going to turn around and we are going to try and trade up for the best possible player with the best assets that we can offer and not, you know, not mortgage the entire draft, but make some moves, some significant ones to finally add that true blue chipper. When they've tended to do that lately, guess what? Really has worked out. So, I, you know, uh, Brett Beach and company are good at identifying those draft pockets, identifying where they are. They tried to get in front of them this year, weren't able to. That's what it is. Try and make a bigger move to make sure you go get your guy and maybe just, you know, wide receiver seems like the the easiest one to do that in this draft. Real quick, Kent, before you slide in here, I'm pre-cutting you off. Uh, oh, you're good. The Chiefs I, saw, I saw you chomping. I was just going to shut up. You didn't yeah, even say anything. I was sitting the, back the here Chiefs waiting. The Chiefs don't have a ton of draft capital this year. It's either six or seven picks, just one in every round, which is normal, right? Like, we're confused on <laughs> if Lonnie Johnson... We, it, we, Hear me out. We're confused on if Lonnie Johnson is that pick is gone or not. Okay, it's up in the air right now if Lonnie, if they have their seventh round pick from the Lonnie Johnson trade or not. But either way, they're on, only seven picks. But in the past, the Chiefs have had more. And when they have moved up in the draft, they have had excess picks. Like you know, everyone's gonna immediately kind of jump to Trent McDuffie. Well, they traded Tyree Kill. They had a host of excess picks. They were allowed to make moves and stuff like that to move around. This year, it'll be a little bit more difficult to move around, especially big jumps kind of like that because they they legitimately have one pick in every single round besides maybe the seventh. It seems like they might be out of comp peg that they were initially scheduled to have. So it's just, it, it's a little bit harder to move around this year, I think, than it has been in the past couple of years where they seem to have a little bit more draft capitals to start the, day, to start the whole thing. Yes, 100%. They do have less cap- capital and quantity of picks, I think is an important distinction there. For now. I mean, maybe Brett Veach trades back. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Doubt it, but maybe. I think you guys have the right, the three right positions, and I think those are kind of the, the pendulum swinging pieces for the offseason next year. You know, what do they do to address defensive tackle? How much do they want to invest in defensive tackle if they're moving on from Chris Jones? Do they get an asset for Chris Jones? Do they try to get an asset from Chris Jones, or do they just try to get a compensatory pick? I could see, I think wide receiver would still be where I go. I'm with you. Offensive tackle, I think, is position number two for me. I think they could, I think they could go make a, this is a talented offensive tackle class. There could be value at wide receiver or tackle falling to them, I think, potentially. So those are two, the two positions I think I would pay the most attention to. Um, I think all three of those get addressed. It'd be just interesting for me personally to see, okay, are they going to do it with in house guys? Are they going to extend Chris Jones? Are they going to extend on Smith? Uh, and if that's the case, then it's just wide receiver and they're good. <laughs> you know, they have more flexibility than they've ever had at this point, though, uh, when it comes to the cap. I think they've got more cap, cap flexibility than they've had in recent memory. I'm kind of intrigued to see what they decide to do with it all because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a long season. There's a long way to go. But I, I do think those are the those are the I don't want to say pain points. I just think those are the places that this offense is going or this this team's going to need to address, some, you know, some stuff. So. And quickly, I, it, back to the wide receiver point too. Somebody yeah. had mentioned free agent, free agents. There's not good free agent wide receivers. Um, T. Higgins, who's, I mean, is probably traded or resides in Cincinnati. Right? Like, I don't, I don't think T. Higgins is hitting free agency. I just would be surprised. He's either going to stay in Cincinnati or they are going to find the trade partner. I think at some point in time during the season or find a way to tag and trade him. And then Michael Pittman. And from everything I have heard from Colts people, they really like Michael Pittman and he is not getting out. It's like after you get past those two, who, who, there's not really anyone to pay at the wide receiver position, which then takes you back again to the whole thing. Just go get one in the draft. 
let's quit trying to find one to trade for in the middle of the year. Just go get one because good wide receivers don't often hit free agency anymore. That seems to be what it is. Very rarely are you getting these good free agents that are hitting the hitting the free agency at wide receiver. And when they do, the team that trades them away wins the Super Bowl. Uh, is 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 the analytics that I've heard? Oh, the Packers won. It was a Tyreek Hill oh, okay. Chiefs. I was thinking Devontae Adams. That's okay. My bad. Got it. Okay. Well, the Chiefs did it, and then did they? Yeah, and then they won the Super Bowl the next. And they used the okay. Yeah, and then they yeah. Okay, we Chris can kind of. would be awesome. It's not. That's not happening. <laughs> no. No, I'm saying that they pick 11 that was originally reportedly offered. Just you know who is on awesome. Trent McDuffie. Awesome. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll take Trent McDuffie. Kyer Elam is not in oh. a uniform tonight for the Buffalo Bills, and that you cannot convince me for otherwise. For the fifth time this season. For the fifth time this season, a healthy scratch. Oh. You cannot convince me otherwise that the Chiefs did not jump the Bills to draft Trent McDuffie. Over. Why are we counting how many times he's inactive and not just counting how many times he is active? Because like, why are we doing it this direction? It's more fun that other way. Because (laughs) there's only been there's only been eight games so far, and he's been inactive for five of them. That's why it matters. It's more fun that way, if you ask me. Okay, we should probably move on to this this Broncos game, right? Like, I I know not not a ton has changed. I I know Matthew, uh, not a ton has changed with this team, but. They have a chance to become to have this basically to tie for the second longest winning streak against any team in NFL history against the Denver Broncos. They are on an absolute tear against this team. They have broken the fabric of this organization. Like if you listen to the way Garrett Bowles and Quinn Miners and Derek Wolf back in the day, all these guys are just have been broken by the Chiefs because they don't. They haven't seen a lot of wins or they haven't seen a lot of wins in a long, long time since Peyton Manning was playing football. It is like it's been a very lopsided, one-sided kind of ordeal the last few years. Uh, But I will just tell you guys this off the top. I'm a little worried about this one. And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should. But the Chiefs just got done 11 days ago playing an extremely ugly game. A very ugly game against the Denver Broncos. Defensively was awesome. Offensively was not. I don't think that Russell Wilson is going to get held to 100 yards passing or under 100 yards passing this week. I think Russell Wilson will have a better performance. I think the Broncos will have better answers. And I think there will be more logical progression in build in what Sean Payton had put on tape last time these two teams played versus what he shows. I think this is a little bit of a kitchen seat game for the Broncos. They need this game badly the same way the Chargers needed this game badly. I think Sean Payton needs this game personally just to kind of show that his system, his product, what he's going to bring to this organization is going to be successful and is going to work. I, I'm i a little nervous. Just big arche- arch overarching statement. I'm a little nervous about this one. I ain't going to lie. Um, Okay. Broncos. Last time the Chiefs faced off against the Land Dolphins, um, it was an ugly <laughs> offensive game for the Chiefs. It didn't. It didn't go well. And kudos to the Broncos defense that had been historically, literally the historically the worst defense in terms of EPA per play and overall in the game through that for what was it five weeks, six weeks at the time. 
They've been a normal level of bad since then. Since that Chiefs game till now, they've been normal bad. They've been average bad. They're still bad, but it's been just normal bad. It hasn't been historically bad. It's like they got that going for them. Against the Chiefs, they played hard. They, I mean, like it, the Chiefs shot themselves in the foot over and over again, but I thought the Broncos played hard. They clearly hadn't quit. They clearly didn't really give up. They were giving it their all throughout the entire game. So, I mean, like you have to give them a little bit of credit for that. At the end of the day, it still really didn't matter. They still weren't good enough. It wasn't particularly like ever in question. It wasn't close. I don't know how this team comes into this game, and if they don't jump out to a hot start, I don't know how they maintain that same level of effort and energy after what just happened. I get it. Rivalry game. No one's ever going to quit. No one's ever going to lay down. But man, if the Broncos don't start hot in this game, I just I have a hard time seeing how they are going to maintain that effort level, how they're going to maintain everything they had from that first matchup when it was clear that they were just simply outmatched and the Chiefs were playing a D-plus game on, on the offensive side. I'm still stuck on Land Dolphin. I'll, I'll be honest here. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think you should be. I, I can't get off it like to the point where I, I need somebody to Photoshop a dolphin fin and uh, uh, the, the flipper, the, the tail uh, on the back of the Russell Wilson. Mascot. Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. No, I don't want to. Listen, I, I, I've had enough Russell Wilson in my life. It could be the Broncos mascot. I, I, I'm cool with that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is one of those. I understand what Maddie's saying. The land dolphin. You I, understand I, the land dolphin. No, I don't understand the land dolphin. <laughs> yes, I do understand I, what I'm saying about this, about this game that, you know, it, you can put them away early if you get up early and everything like this. It just feels a little trappish for a game here. You know, they got, listen, it doesn't matter who they're playing next week. They are playing the dolphins, the the water dolphins, not the land dolphin. They're, they're playing Thank them you. next week in Germany. The fact that this team is getting up essentially early this week, getting on a plane, flying overseas. It doesn't matter who it is that you are playing. There is going to be some obvious, you know, international looking ahead. They have people that are probably over there already procuring things, making sure that everything gets packed away. There's just a little bit more anxiety that that comes with that sort of transition to an overseas game. It's just natural. It happens. And this team, coming off of back-to-back divisional wins, plays this team that they just beat down, especially on defense. You know, they, they've got to feel confident that, hey, we could show up and just kind of walk over these guys a little bit. Not, not saying that they're just going to treat everything that way, but there is a mentality shift that they need to go into to make sure that they keep the energy up for this game and do get up big. But I don't know that it's going to be there, and I can understand the why. They have so many games on the division right now. They are getting ready to go play a very big matchup overseas where all eyes are going to be on them. Then they get to the bye. Like, they are counting days until they they basically get to rest here for a little while. There are a lot of things going against the Chiefs coming out and having an A-plus execution game in this one. Just natural, passive elements that are the case in that. So... I do have a little bit of worry that this game is going to stay close and maybe be a lot closer than we expect it to be. Now, listen, surely they can't beat the Broncos 17 times in a row. I know that we've been saying that about 16, 15, 14, 13, all the way back here, but surely they can't beat them 17 times in a row, right, Can't? Surely not. No, I, I, still, I, like, I still feel good about this team. 
I still feel good about this team winning, but we'll get into that in a second. I do want to get into some uh I do want to get into some draft props presented by DraftKings uh or some some DraftKings props presented by DraftKings. Matthew Lane, give me your prop for Chiefs Brown or uh Broncos. What say you? We're we're going straight to the top. We're going straight to the over under set at forty seven. We're we're smashing the over. The last time this game was super low scoring. Neither offense could get anything going. We're flipping that. We're flipping that right on its head. I think the Chiefs offense comes out hot. They come out hot in the first quarter. Probably carries over to the second quarter. They jump out to a lead. The Broncos have to play catch up. I do think the Chiefs defense probably plays pretty good for a while, but the Broncos. After a little bit of time, after the Chiefs defense lets off of the gas a little bit, start to put up some points, the Chiefs still win comfortably, but I think it might look something like 30 to 23. Still, you know, it says a one-score game, but I think that it's going to be comfortable the entire time. I'm taking the over at 47. I think the Chiefs offense is figuring it out, and I don't trust this Broncos defense to stop them two times in three weeks. My DraftKings bet for this weekend is going to be Charles Aminihue over a quarter of a sack. Charles Aminihue coming off of a terrific game this weekend gets to go up against a Broncos team that it doesn't really matter where he lines up. He's probably going to have an advantageous matchup, especially since Chris Jones is probably going to line up his defensive end and they're going to throw a lot of attention his way after he wrecked the game a couple of weeks ago. I think Charles Aminihue gets on at least a half a sack in this one. I know the last time that I picked somebody over in sacks, they didn't hit it. I think Chuck gets this one this week. Ooh, I like that one a lot too. Uh, I'm going to go with over Rasheed Rice, three and a half catches. I really like that one. Like the line set at three and a half catches for Rasheed Rice. He's gone over that the last three games. The last two games he's been on the field for over 50% of the dropbacks. That is a strong indicator. And the last, you know, the, all three times that he's been over 50% of the dropbacks, he's caught five, four, and five catches on the day. He's getting more integrated within this offense. I think he is going to easily get three and a half. I think it might be a career catch day for him because I think there's a couple manufactured touches guaranteed in there. There's probably an RPO of some capacity. And then you're just trying to find one other one other completion within the within the confines of the game. So I'm taking over Rasheed Rice three and a half. You can bet on that. You can also bet on the NBA and NBA fans. The wait is over. Basketball is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is celebrating with an unbeatable offer. New customers can score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets for throwing down five dollars on the NBA. Win or lose, it does not matter. You'll start the season with an instant dub. And with DraftKings parlays, everyone's got a shot at even bigger basketball wins. String together multiple bets from the same game or build your parlay across multiple games for a shot at making your payday even sweeter. Basketball's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just $5 only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 and older age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 
hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Maddie, I want to know one thing from you on offense that you're watching in this game against the Broncos. Ooh, one thing. I, mean, I think you kind of started to, to hint at it there. It's like, I, I'm locked in. It's the most interesting thing to me about this Chiefs offense right now. What does Rasheed Rice's usage look like, right? I know you just kind of went there a little bit for for your prop in this. Like, I didn't, you know, I hate to double up right after it, but like, that's just, that is the most intriguing part of this offense to me. I think that is where the Chiefs still have the most meat left on this bone of what this offense can do. Where are they going to get other production? Is it just going to be Rasheed Rice getting manufactured-ish touches? You know, just finding soft spots and zones over the middle of the field the occasional one-on-one in the red zone, stuff like that? Or is his role going to continue to expand and they're going to start to do a little bit more with him? I think they've been doing that, so I would like to see it continue going forward. I guess, and I'm going to piggyback on that. I think the Chiefs are this week or next week against the Dolphins, the the Water Dolphins again. um, They are going to hit an explosive play to McCall Hardman. I think it's going to happen in one of the next two weeks. There was a couple. There was, I think, three, directly three that were very available in this past week's game. The protection didn't hold up on two of them. The other one, Mahomes, was just kind of looking at the, not only say the wrong side of the field, but the other side of the field that he didn't see McCall Hardman running open. They were there, though. They like were designed plays to get McCall downfield. I think he was part of the progression, a part of what they were trying to do if the time was there. I think they're very close to hitting it, so I want to see one of those. But yeah, how they use McCall, how they use Rasheed Rice, that's kind of what we're focused on right now. I am focused on, can this team take care of the ball? Like, uh, they need to start stacking some of the... I know, the quick answer is no. It just seems like there's one drive every game that they just don't do a good job of taking care of the ball here. It's difficult to watch here. The Chiefs have one game this entire season that they haven't turned the ball over, and that's against the Minnesota Vikings. Patrick Mahomes also, I believe, didn't throw an interception against the Bears. I, I think that's right. So, I, I But also the Vikings. I want to make sure that this offense just kind of executes at a high level and does not do silly things with the ball. And whether that be Patrick Mahomes, you know, making sure that when he's in the red zone, he doesn't try and you know, squeeze something in there and maybe take the loss, take the kick. You know, this Denver Broncos offense isn't going to be able to put points up on the board anyway. And that everybody is protecting the ball a lot better than we've seen them. It's It's been a little bit loose as of late. We know that that Dolphins defense and Vic Fangio, they're going to come in with a game plan to try and knock the Chiefs out of this because they can score quick. They're going to try and get the ball back as quickly as possible. They're going to be punching at the ball. They're going to be trying to you know, get bait Patrick Mahomes into throws. The Denver Broncos have been generally good at doing that. It doesn't matter who the defensive coordinator is. Justin Simmons really good at baiting Patrick Mahomes into throwing something he shouldn't. So take care of the ball. Get out of this one clean. Because if they get out of this one clean, there's not a whole lot of ways, a whole lot of avenues that I see the Broncos taking a victory, you know, out of this with if the Chiefs don't turn the ball over. Just play clean. That's all I ask. Just play clean on offense. I almost went with under Mahomes interceptions at 0.5. Uh, if that tells you how I feel, I think they're gonna. I think Mahomes can have a nice clean game this this uh, this time against the Broncos. Personally, let's go defense. One thing on defense you want to watch, Maddie. Okay, so uh, this isn't the one thing I want to watch, but I do have to mention this. You 
Russell Wilson has thrown for under 200 yards more often this year than he's thrown for over 200 yards on the season. Now, yeah, it's only been on a, under 100 yards once, and that was against the Chiefs. But, like, under 200, like, that's not a high bar for an NFL quarterback anymore. So he's just consistently hitting the under 200. Uh, I, I thought that was pretty funny. I would like to see the Chiefs pass rush absolutely dominate. Again, they did last time. It was still there. But, like, look at this Broncos offensive line. They should do it again. And I want to see them do it in the run game as well. Like, I just want the defensive line, I guess, to dominate. Not even just the pass, just the defensive line as a whole. Because the Broncos found a little bit of success running the last time, especially early in the game. Not a lot, but a little bit. The Chiefs, you know, have been susceptible to giving up some bigger, some explosive runs, especially when teams trap them and their base personnel, which the Broncos are going to do. The Broncos are definitely going to do that again. Can this Chiefs defensive line hold up? Getting a Minihue back, I think, helps. Not that he was necessarily great versus the run last week versus the Chargers. He lost contain on an end around. He was just kind of holding his edge for a little bit. But I just think getting another fresh body in there helps. So this defensive line needs to dominate what is a pretty poor Broncos offensive line needs to push them around, not give up any ground, not give up any ground on the ground. And then they need to make life very difficult for Russell Wilson again. Yeah. And mine kind of ties in with that. Be physical in the secondary. Like we've seen that throughout the season, but Jarius knee roughed Justin Jefferson up. And when they played the Broncos, this team played very physical against them they they really beat them up at the line of scrimmage did not allow free releases really pinned their ears back on the edges there anytime there was anything in the flats these dbs were collapsing justin reed in the middle of the field was a little bit of an enforcer i i, I think we all remember some of the big hits that he laid continue that because again when you've got a team that is down make sure you keep them down and the biggest way to do that is to play physical Make them have a bad time. Like, they don't want to be here right now. They they are full Carl Havoc at the moment. They don't want to be here. So make sure that they stay in that realm, in that mindset, because then you get lazy routes. Then you get, you know, guys that don't want to come over the middle of the field and try and attack the ball. Yeah, they, they got professionals there, but this is a lot of losing. You see Garrett Bowles distraught. After losing to the Chiefs, you know, I'm just sick and tired of losing. That mentality is permeating that entire building. Make sure you enforce that. Because when things start to go wrong for this team, they're going to go very wrong. It happened the last game. The, you know, the Broncos didn't throw for 100 yards. Beat them up a little bit. Make sure you remind them that they are not to the quality that your defense is. And this goes a hell of a long way towards ending this game early. All right, Players to Watch is brought to you by Tickets for Less. Go to ticketsforless.com and use promo code KCSN. You are guaranteed to get the absolute best discount available on their site for your Chiefs tickets. Again, Tickets for Less, promo code KCSN. Matthew Lane, give me your player to watch for this game. I'm going to go with Jawan Taylor. Um, I think he's gotten back on track in terms of timing up his snaps, like timing up his snap anticipation, aligning on the line of scrimmage where he needs to be. Like, it seems like he's finally gotten back in rhythm, and I think he's playing exceptionally well. We all know he's a good pass protector. He's not giving up any pressure there off the right side. It's unfortunate that, like, once a game, he gets pushed back into Mahomes' lap as Mahomes is kind of scrambling or trying to rotate to the right, and it, it affects the throw. When these plays happen at three and a half seconds, that's not on Jawan Taylor anymore, right? Like, it's just unfortunate timing. 
I just, I'm back to watching him. I want to see him have another clean game. I think that he hasn't allowed a sack in a while. He's done a very good job there on the right side. And I think you do see him improving in the run game. He's never going to be a dominant run blocker, but the Chiefs have found a way, you know, getting him on the backside to cut off some plays that are going off to the left, getting him to cut off three techs. He's athletic. He can make that. He can get up to the second level when he's uncovered and go pick off a linebacker. I think they've done a really good job getting him on the move in the run game. And I think he's been just as good as we would have hoped. You just got to remove those first couple weeks where he was struggling to get aligned properly, where he was struggling to try to get, you know, get his timing down to where he could keep up with speed rushers because all of a sudden his rhythm's messed up. His foot pacing's messed up. Guys are getting on top of him sooner, a half step sooner than they normally would. And I feel like he's finally gotten back on track right now. I think he's going to have a really strong finish to the season. I think the Broncos can provide, you know, a little bit of a test in terms of their rush. We saw it the last time they played. Not that it dominated the Chiefs' offensive tackles, but they do have some guys there on the edge that can bring some pressure. So looking at Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith a little bit. Yeah, um, I don't normally take one of the big ones here, but Travis Kelsey is my player to watch here. I mean... Taylor coming? You, it, I, it doesn't matter if Taylor's coming in this one. That say it does. I know it does. <laughs> I know that... It, listen, it oh, is devices. about Kareem Jackson being out of this game. And my good somebody I know I good riddance. It, it's it's good for the health of the Kansas City Chiefs, Kareem Jackson good for the NFL this game. But this is one of those. He is one of the few guys that is willing to attack Travis Kelsey in a way that could hurt him, could put him out of this game, could make him a little bit roughed up. Travis Kelsey wants this game. It, you know, I I talked about how. Trap games, things like that. You know, who who's going to step up? When are they going to step up? You guys remember the last time, the last catch that Travis Kelsey had against the Denver Broncos? Do you remember that Alex Singleton Gator rolled him, really twisted on that ankle, that hurt ankle a little bit? Travis Kelsey comes limping off. They, you know, it ends up being a, a thing where Travis Kelsey was okay last week. Mm. He remembers. He's pissed off, and there's not another enforcer in the middle of the field to try and stop him because Kareem Jackson's out. Travis Kelsey has had nine or more targets in every single game that he has played this this year. He had 13 last week, and he might top that this week. The Broncos are going to struggle against Travis Kelsey. They just do. Without Jackson there, a motivated Kelsey. He he loves cold weather. He He's into it. He, he's into games like this. I think that this is going to be a monster game for Travis Kelsey. And yes, I am saying that in the middle of a bunch of monster Travis Kelsey performances. I just think he comes and puts this game away early because he wants to show them, hey, don't mess with me. I I am that guy. If you can't beat them, cheat the Denver Broncos and the Michigan Wolverines who can't hang with Ohio State unless they cheat. Man, uh... My player to watch is Charles Minahue. So this is going to be an interesting one because I like obviously you hear the Chiefs kind of talking about trying to get him back into the swing of things and you know working his snap count ups and trying to get him you know slowly back into this into the swing of things. Right, this is an elevation game, and I'll be fascinated to see how much usage Charles Minahue get, gets in an in, in an elevation game too. Like this isn't the bad like it's such a weird timeline for Charles Minahue getting back. You know, week one regular fine elevation 
Then let's go overseas right after that. So this is just kind of a weird stretch for him before the bye. Just kind of curious to see how Charles Amenehu responds, you know, in elevation uh, in this game, trying to get back into the swing of things. But he's been so good. It was so fun to watch him in week one. He validated all the reasons all of us were excited about watching him in a Chiefs jersey. And he definitely did not disappoint. I think he's going to have a good game. I'm with Craig on over ha- uh, 0.25 sacks uh, for Charles Amenehu in this game. I am lockstep with you, buddy. All right. I'm not a coward. I'm going over a half. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Take that, Kit. Okay. What are you doing with it? I'm going to ask you to predict your this court. game. Yeah, predict this game. Go, go. Tell me. What's the score? I told you. This man was not going to have a good time without a rundown. He is shook right now. He is frazzled. Oh, and it's 45 minutes. Let's get the hell out of here. Is turned upside down right now. Uh, let's go with. As I already said, I think the Chiefs kind of jump out early in this. I thought we saw the offense really clicking versus the Chargers, and I know it slowed down a little bit there in the second half. But I think we were just one or two misplaced passes from Patrick Mahomes. Yes, they were on third downs, but one or two misplaced passes from Patrick Mahomes from this offense just continuing that trend at the beginning of the second half. And if those, if one or two, if that one pass to Rasheed Rice hits. If the one to Travis Kelsey hits, if either one of those connect, we're talking entirely differently about the second half of that Chargers game and how the offense just played like a juggernaut the entire game long. I think they keep that same momentum. They're going to play a worse defense. Uh, They jump out to an early lead. The Broncos will probably be scrappier on offense than they were last time. I don't expect them to look quite as lifeless as they did the first matchup, but they won't be able to keep up. It'll be the second half before the score even starts to get close. I have the Chiefs winning this one. 30 to 23 to get us to the over and the Chiefs just kind of comfortably are hanging out in the second half as they prepare to move on from the land Dolphins and go to Germany to play the water Dolphins. I do think that this will be close for longer than we want. I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to come out a little bit flat. They'll, they'll turn it on. They'll eventually get to the point where, you know, get on the sideline, get somebody to rally the troops. Defense will kick it into high gear. I do think the Broncos are going to score early. They were one of the NFL's best uh, first drive offenses in the league before they got to Kansas City. And who, buddy, that did not go well. So I think that they're going to score an early touchdown. I think that Chiefs are going to score a couple early ones before the half. I think this goes into half like a 14 to 7 game. It's something that, you know, not quite putting away a bad football team. Then they come out in the third quarter. Chiefs handle business. Travis Kelsey goes off. It, defense allows a late score at the very end of the game. I got the Chiefs winning this one, 31-14. I got an ugly game. Um, I don't think it's like a step back for the offense, but I think it's just a slowdown. You know, like I just, you know, I could see the Chiefs doing some good things early offensively and then trying any kind of managing the rest of the game here and getting out, you know, just trying to get out with a win the way that he does and, you know, a little shutdown mode action. I think the defense is going to play well. I think they're going to give up a late touchdown. It's going to make this score look a little bit closer than it actually is. But I do think it's you know a relatively close game in the big big scheme of things, and I think it's a low-scoring game before they go nuts against the Dolphins. I have it 20-17 to 17, the Chiefs win. Uh, it's a late touchdown that the Broncos score to make it look a little bit more interesting than it was. Just a very ho-hum game. We all get, uh, we move past this one and get really excited about the Chiefs going to Germany and bopping Tyreek Hill in the real Dolphins. That is going to do it for this episode of the KC Laboratory. Thank you all Both are real. for listening, watching, subscribing. Did you interrupt me on porpoise? 
We'll catch you later.